You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. Folks, as April now will slowly become May, remember J.K.L. Engineering, what a treat. If you're going to be inside, and we are for the next couple of months, why not have nice, comfortable central air in your home? J.K.L. Engineering, they can make it happen. Call them today, 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600, J.K.L. Engineering. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, it's still pretty chilly out in the heating season. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier, Infinity System. They're energy efficient. They're quiet, more affordable than you think. If you say no gas, guess what? No problem. J.K.L. Engineering can design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Now, it heats in the winter, keeps you nice and cool in the summertime. These units are so efficient. It can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. Highest rebates in the market. They also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, Carrier Factory Authorized Dealer. As I said, licensed both Rhode Island and Massachusetts for 53 years. JKL's reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL, an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian Certified Factory Dealer. Call JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call JKL at 401-351-7600. They'll do it right the first time. JKL Engineering, Central Air, it's a game changer for your home. You want to make sure, whether it's your cooling system, heating system, working as efficiently as possible, jkl engineering the original the best 401-351-7600 it's john DePietro on am 1380 99.9 fm folks you can always listen online at dipetro.com follow uh, follow me on facebook and twitter at john DePietro show and remember you can always email me john at dipetro.com folks it's time for our legal segment with uh, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, Tim Dodd. And Tim, I'd like to start off just because this is still the story that seemingly uh, galvanized people, got their attention on the issue. And whether it was done by design to set an example, what have you, but uh, whenever I'm speaking with various people, they always ask about what's the latest with those golfers. And that is these golfers from Massachusetts that apparently they met up with some friends, they met at a McDonald's, they switched cars, jump into an island car and then um and it is still kind of like the example of how in some ways this thing just kind of went off into a different direction with these golfers that were arrested it's kind of a creepy story john for for a number of reasons um the 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 interest of law enforcement and arresting these guys and charging them criminally and um the actions of some one or some people who worked at the uh, McDonald's where these cars were parked. The theory of the story is that these guys from Massachusetts couldn't play golf in mass because all the mass golf courses have been closed. So they get the bright idea to come play um, around um, at a golf course in Richmond. So they drive their cars, they um, park their cars in a McDonald's lot, two cars with mass plates they get into a third car with Rhode Island plates. They go to the club, or the course, I should say. They play a round of golf. When they get done, the cops are waiting, and they are somehow arrested. It was all precipitated because, again, it's like 1984, the book where you rat on your neighbors. You rat out your neighbors, and you get them in trouble. So someone at the McDonald's sees this all going on, sees the clubs going from one trunk to another, says, oh, I know what these guys are up to, and they call the cops. Now, I'm not sure what probable cause the cops had to arrest these guys. Um, who's to say they had been quarantined for 14 days or more? Um, who's to say how long they had been in the state of Rhode Island? Um, presumably, they these three guys must have answered questions that were posed by the police. If they had just kept their mouth shut, there would have been no case. They don't have to tell anyone how long they've been in Rhode Island. They don't have to say when they got to the state. They don't have to say why they switched cars. 
Uh, if they had said, we got nothing to say, officer, there would have been no case. Presumably, they probably fessed up and said, yeah, we came in, we had the bright idea to drive down today. There's an edict from the governor that if you come to Rhode Island from out of state, when you arrive, you must self-quarantine for 14 days. So if they acknowledge not quarantining for 14 days, and if they told the cops that, well, that's the basis of the charge. The real question is, um, when the cops see a Rhode Island car in this uh, golf course parking lot, did they have probable cause to ask further questions and to dig down and find out what was going on with these guys? Um, I believe in terms of a criminal case, it's very defendable. Um, these guys, I presume, would have no criminal record. They just seem like guys who wanted to play around at golf. This case will be disposed of without any serious criminal consequence. But it's really just an example of what's going on out there. We spoke about it a little bit yesterday. This, this, uh, police state mentality, spy on your neighbors, rat on your neighbors, tell the authorities what your neighbors are doing. Um, it, it just seems like a very un-American way to behave, in, in my view. Tim, is this also sometimes maybe an example where um, they are literally looking to maybe make an example out of someone? And even though, you know, because it certainly caught the attention of uh, of everyone just it seems so preposterous as we go forward the governor's even governor mundus had to clarify her statement because she was saying ultimately if you live in barrington which is right next door to seekonk you if you go to shop <laughs> go to this grocery store in seekonk which a lot of people they normally do because it's five minutes away you then have to quarantine for two weeks as if it's you're going into this mythical land when you're really just if you, if you when you are going from East Providence to Seekonk, you, there if you don't have to see the sign "Welcome to Massachusetts," you don't even know that you've crossed over. Um, it just seems to be like a, a complete overreaction. That when all of this is said and done, I think people may point to this as just how preposterous things became. But for these guys, from what I understand, they were um, you know it, it's been greatly concerning to them, to their family, and it was in the news. People knew who they were, and and. Uh, and it's certainly something that would, I think they would have liked to avoid having to go through. Well, they made the national news with this, and it became yeah. a national story. Um, and, and again, we've discussed before, I mean, I don't envy Governor Raimondo or any of the governors around the country. Everyone's sort of playing this by ear. There's no rules. This has never happened before. Uh, I think everyone's acting on what they perceive to be good faith. Um, but I think in many jurisdictions, um, principle of which would be Michigan in the latest round of news, um, there's an overreach and an overstepping and an overzealousness, I think, on the part of some of the governors in trying to do the right thing. You can go too far. I mean, I guess, you know, you could go even more extreme in the uh, desire to keep people in their houses, off the streets, wearing masks, etc., you could turn this into a real police state and really clamp down. I don't think anyone's looking to do that, but many of the steps that are being taken by, I, I think, this governor and other governors, um, they're really getting very close to the line of um, public safety versus infringement on constitutional rights. And again, I don't envy her. I would not want to be in her position because that's a very tricky wicket to keep the public safe and not overstep and interfere with constitutional rights. Um, it's a brave new world we're in right, right now, John. Hopefully it's over in the relatively near future because we're going to see more and more protests. We're going to see people getting fed up with being quarantined. We're going to see people uh, saying, I've had enough of this. There's going to be more impatience and an unwillingness to follow the rules um, that are established by governors around the country. And if there's too much of a pushback against these onerous rules, um, it could wind up precipitating another round of this virus spiking up, which is nothing that anyone wants. So the balancing act that the governors are doing is a formidable and unenviable task in my view. Folks, it's John DePietro speak with our legal analyst, Tim Dodd. 
Tim, there's, to me, two different types of hotspots right now, hot zones, hot spots. But one is where you're seeing a big outbreak. But the other thing I think to watch is, and Michigan was a good example. They had huge protests in Michigan yesterday. You also had, uh, there were protests in North Carolina. You, I think there were protests in Atlanta. More and more people, Tim Dodd, are starting to kind of act out or, or just start to question some of this. And I think Michigan is gonna be, going to become the focal point because that governor it seems to me a complete overreach. You have, a, as we talked to a number of people that have lake homes and there's a lot of lakes in Michigan. And she's basically just saying, OK, if you live in this place and you have this lake home, you are not allowed to go there. That that doesn't make any sense. You're staying within the state. You own the home. Like I said, it'd be like if there were some people that have a, a summer home in Narragansett. If Governor Mundo said, OK, if you live in Providence, you can't go stay in your summer home in Narragansett. You must remain quarantined there. I think, Tim Dodd, you're going to start to see more pushback from people questioning how is that constitutional? Yes, and it's not constitutional, and there will be pushback against it. And, I mean, I think the governor in Michigan um, is completely over her skis in terms of all of the rules and regs she's trying to put into place, um, which precipitated this... um, massive protest. Um, but it's interesting. She is doing things like, um, as you say, you, you can't drive from your main residence to your lake house. Um, you're prohibited from doing that. Um, other odd things that she's put into effect, it's sort of like if you've got the right uh, liberal progressive green mentality, um, that seems to be the basis from which she's creating some of her rules. It's been widely reported that if you do have a lake house and that's where you're staying, you can apparently go out on the lake in a canoe or a kayak with, <laughs> with two people, one person. But even if you're just by yourself or with another person, you can't go out in a motorboat or anything motorized. There's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. <laughs> Now, if you're a green, liberal, progressive person who doesn't like um, uh, craft that use fossil fuels and you think that, you know, the breeze and and an oar is the right solution, fine. But one of the things this governor in uh, Michigan has been saying is that all my decisions are based upon science and science is informing everything that I do, which that's preposterous. Um, limiting people from going to um, their houses of worship. That's not based upon science. Um, The the businesses that she's allowed to remain open versus the businesses which she's mandated to be um, shuttered right now is not necessarily based on science. And all the governors are facing this. We talked yesterday about how Florida is allowing the WWE to uh, be reinvigorated because that's allegedly a quote-unquote essential business. Well, what's the scientific <laughs> basis for choosing that over something right. else? We've talked about liquor stores. We've talked about all sorts of different businesses. It's a hodgepodge that governors think is appropriate to be open versus not. And they all fall back on the notion we're guided by science. Well, that's if, if any of these folks are pressed on the scientific basis for their um, edicts that they're coming up with, I think they'd be hard pressed to come up with anything. But John, one more thing with Michigan, although the governor um, is being criticized locally and nationally in state and around the country for um, overstepping, apparently when, it, when she, her job performance is polled within the state of Michigan, She's polling a positive approval of about 70 percent, which means a large segment of that state is like, okay, I guess I have to give up my civil rights. Okay, I'm afraid government keep me safe, you know, jettison my constitutional rights. Just protect me, government. And apparently that that's the um, current um, wave in Michigan. The 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 folks who are. protesting would be more like the libertarians and conservative groups. And the media makes much of pointing out that it's conservative groups that are doing this as if to somehow suggest that that makes them um, less legitimate. Um, But that's, I think, the tip of the arrow in terms of what's going to be happening around the country with 
pushback. I think people are getting antsy and impatient. Um, the governor also made a good point. Okay, you're protesting. You can take out your frustrations on me. I'm a good punching bag. But by the way, this protest where you're walking the streets without masks close together, you might be creating a scenario to create a longer period that we need to have this isolation. Right. So she has a good talking point. I mean, she's not just taking yeah. it and saying, I apologize. She's sticking to her guns and suggesting that the protesters are perpetuating the problem. Again, from both sides, the protesters and the chief executive, it's a terrible dilemma, and it's not going to go away today or tomorrow or next week or next month. Folks, it's John DePietro. We're going to continue our segment. We will talk a little bit more about Rhode Island. Uh, people are concerned about tracking devices. Also, a very high-profile uh, story involving a, an accuser of former Vice President Joe Biden. Fox News all continues with Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought by Henry Oil since 1947. What a Rhode Island success story. Folks, call them today, 401-521-0200, Henry Oil. It's Carmine, it's Lori. As I said, since 1947, full-service fuel company, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery, 24-hour burner service for contracted regular customers. They have oil burner service and installation, automatic delivery, budget plans, lock and cap pricing, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery. It's Henry Oil, residential and commercial fuel oil delivery. Go with a local company that you can support and depend on. Henry Oil. In 1947, it was Carmine Henry DeSanto delivered that fuel oil with a single truck operation from his gas station on Manton Avenue in Providence. And now the tradition continues. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery serving Rhode Island and parts of Mass since 1947. Call my friends at Henry Oil today, 401 521 0200. 401 5210200 you can also as i mentioned check out their website it's henryoil.com henryoil.com take advantage of the lock and cap pricing or the oil burner service and installation or their automatic delivery or their budget plans full service fuel company that you can depend on henry oil call them today 401 5210200 Henry Oil, 401-521-0200, online at henryoil.com. Hi, Steve here, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in lines to get into stores to buy bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it either when all this first started. They enjoy all the safe, clean water they want, not during just this crisis, but all year long. Don't you think it's time you did too? So as you're standing in line waiting, how about you give my company a call? Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. 294-2400. A Rhode Island family business since 1986. Remember, for your business, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-21. MEG, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508 508- 336-2110. Mega truck and trailer repair. FHWA inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer pickup and delivery. 24-hour mobile service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega truck and trailer repair. Show. Sure. It's John DePietro, weekdays. We start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. With us is our legal analyst, Rhode Island top attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, the New York Times did a big story. We'd been hearing about this woman who was making accusations against former Vice President Joe Biden. It goes back to a time in the 90s. The New York Times uh, basically came out and said, we've looked into this and we don't find it to be credible. 
came under a lot of scrutiny for it. A lot of people drawing parallels between the way, the way they covered it compared to the way, obviously, their coverage of Brett Kavanaugh. Um, there's, it, it was quite some time ago, but at the same time, there does seem to be some pattern that the, uh, the accuser did share some things that happened to her with some people that were aware of it. Uh, what are the legal consequences of this woman that's accusing former Vice President Joe Biden? Yes, she, the legal consequences for um, Joe Biden um, could be, I mean, I'm not sure precisely the law regarding sexual um, assault. I believe this happened in Washington, D.C. while she was a staffer at his um, congressional office. The short version is she was a staffer. He said, I need a, my gym bag. And she rushed to get it. And when she brought it to him, he allegedly gets her up against the wall, starts kissing her, puts his hand up under her skirt and digitally penetrates her. That's her story. She alleges to have told it to her uh, mother, to her brother, and to a couple of other people. Her mom's dead. She can't corroborate it. The brother says, yeah, she did tell me the story, but I told her to just keep quiet because um, back in 1993, before the Me Too movement, she probably would have had um, more difficulty um, with her story being believed. Um, Just like with Bill Cosby, these are events that happened years and years ago. The same thing with Harvey Weinstein happened years and years ago. Um, if he was just pinning her against the wall and kissing her, that could be a form of sexual harassment. That could be an assault. But if the digital penetration aspect of this was to be believed, um, that constitutes a sexual assault. That is a criminal offense, which would be jailable. Um, there's, I'm not sure in DC what the statute of limitations is, for um, that type of sexual assault when you have digital penetration. Um, Certainly in terms of a civil lawsuit, the statute of limitations would have have long ago expired. So this woman could not sue uh, Joe Biden for money damages. Um, If she were to take this to the police to investigate, um, I'm not sure whether uh, there would still be an actionable statute of limitations to bring criminal charges. It is interesting, and it's been discussed widely that um, the disparate treatment that this story is getting versus the Kavanaugh story, um, certainly there seems to be a a gross double standard, and not not to belabor the point, but it's kind of interesting. Just last, just in 2018, a year and a half ago, Joe Biden said, quote, for a woman to come forward in the glaring light of focus nationally, you've got to start off with the presumption that at least the essence of what she's talking about is real, whether or not she forgets facts, whether or not it's been made worse or better over time, end quote. That's when he was talking about the Kavanaugh situation, and that's when he was discussing that he absolutely 100% believed uh, Blasey Ford in her allegations against Kavanaugh. Um, I, I think that this coronavirus and the whole shutdown of you know political activity, no one's paying attention to the Democrat. Well, the I guess it's over now. He's going to be the nominee. No one is sticking a microphone in front of him and saying, what do you think about this one, Joe? Uh, do you believe this uh, accuser? Um, he's able to avoid the entire issue right now. No one's paying attention. Um, you haven't seen much of this story in the media. You haven't seen much of it on TV. Yeah, I don't think you've seen any of it in the Providence Journal. Um, I, the media seems to be completely uninterested. I don't know if the story is true or not, but I think it deserves to be vetted. I think it deserves to be investigated. And I think it's worthy of a national discussion. Um, if she's not to be believed, I think the same folks who believe Blasey Ford should be questioned. Why did you believe this one and sure. not that one? This woman, Reed, seems to have more corroborating facts that she can offer versus what Blasey Ford had at the time. Um, from an evidentiary standpoint, this case seems to have uh, more verifiable facts that this woman can say, this was the time, this was the place, this was the, the location, this is what happened. Um, much more specific than what Blasey Ford was ever able to offer. 
So it's just an interesting difference in how two different individuals with two different political persuasions get treated by the media. Folks, it's John DePietro. Again, uh, with us is our legal analyst, uh, uh, Rhode Island attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, just staying on that, uh, before we talk about some of the cell phone tracking and some of these other stories, if you would just touch on, and we had discussed it, that there were these groups going forward in trying to actually bring a lawsuit against Fox News Channel for saying that they misled people on the dangers of the virus. They were trying to downplay the story. And there was a development uh, recently where Fox is trying to get rid of it. Um, There have been reports that inside they're certainly taking this somewhat seriously and looking at this. Uh, But what can you tell us about this this uh, lawsuit against people who were trying to build a lawsuit against Fox News Channel? The the plaintiff uh, organization that brought this lawsuit in the state of Washington alleged that, in part, Fox News um, had misled and deceived people, and and apparently they're claiming that Fox News knowingly deceived people, downplaying the nature of the coronavirus threat, suggesting that it was a hoax, suggesting it was manufactured to hurt the economy and thus hurt the president and hurt his electoral re-election chances. Again, I think we all have a different opinion about the severity of this um, issue. If you ask people in January what they thought about it versus February versus March, most thinking people would have a different appreciation of the danger and the um, unique problem that this virus creates for the country. Part of that lawsuit, which was brought in the state of Washington, um, brings it based upon a Consumer Protection Act, um, which is a federal uh, piece of legislation, which presumes or requires that if you're making misrepresentations, you're misrepresenting, excuse me, in an effort to get a consumer to buy something. That element is absent in this case. Now, when there's a complaint and if there's been an answer filed, Um, To try to knock out a lawsuit at this juncture, Fox News would be alleging that the plaintiff's complaint fails to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. Um, It's a difficult burden because the judge who would be ruling on this motion would be limited to simply looking at the four corners of the complaint. Does the complaint um, allege facts that support a legal cause of action? If the court finds that the facts, as alleged, do not support any legal theory which would result in a win for the plaintiff, the judge can knock out the case immediately and dismiss it as a matter of law if, if the, that the standard is to, quote unquote, fail to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. That's the standard. If the judge says, no, 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 I'm going to allow some discovery to um, take place before I rule on anything, then the judge might allow um, this case to go forward to find out from the Fox uh, people who are accused, what did you know and when did you know it? When you said what you said, you know, what was your state of mind? What did you know? What did you intend? Um, I think there's a reasonable shot that the court would knock out this case at this juncture because there really is no actionable claim that's been alleged in this lawsuit this specific lawsuit, which was brought in a very novel way, even if this case gets knocked out, that would not stop another group of plaintiffs or single plaintiff in a different jurisdiction, or even in the same jurisdiction as this case, to bring a new case based upon a different legal theory. But I do think that this case, as brought, is really legally flawed. I don't think there's much of a case there. Folks, it's John DePietro uh, coming up more with our legal expert, Tim Dodd, especially on some of the changes in Rhode Island as far as what they want to do with tracking. It's all ahead right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's John DePietro. This portion of the program is brought to you by Johnson Propane. Now, listen, you want to be prepared for what's going ahead. Now is the time to stock up on propane. Stop in. Phil never runs out. That's right. Phil Johnson never runs out. Easy to get to. Located 
904 Manton Avenue in Providence, and it's right in front of Stop and Shop, right over near Rhode Island College. They are open seven days a week. Propane tank and supplies, they fill Blue Rhino, and they will fill up all your propane tanks. Credit cards, debit cards are accepted. You can call Phil Johnson at 401-621-8129. 401-621-8129. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. Call Phil, 401-621-8129. Now is the time to stock up. It's drive-in, no wait, propane filling station. They'll fill up your tank. Now is the time. You want to make sure. You don't know what's going to happen. And if, in fact, you get locked down or you have to be out, then you want to make sure you have propane. Johnson Propane, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence. I, I'm stopping by to have Phil fill up. I have two tanks. I'm going to have them both filled up. 401-621-8129. Stop in and see him. He's just terrific. And again, right, 904 Manton Avenue in Providence, right near Rhode Island College, and right in front of Stop and Shop. Hi, I'm Steve, owner of Water Filter Company. Do you know what my customers are not doing today? They're not standing in store lines waiting to get in to buy more bottled water, and they didn't have to scramble to get it when all this started. They're enjoying all the safe, clean water they want all year long. They're drinking it, cooking with it, bathing in it, doing everything in it except searching for it, rationing it, and now waiting in lines. As this crisis further restricts your freedoms and choices and store shelves empty, I hope you now realize how important it is to take control over your own water quality like thousands of my customers already have. Because when this crisis is over, your bad water quality won't be, and neither will your bottled water dependency. So ask yourself, do you think you're finally worth making a one-time investment for a lifetime of clean, safe water? If so, call my company. Call Water Filter Company at 294-2400. Water Filter Company, a Rhode Island family business since 1986. Water Filter Company, 294-2400. Because is it really worth going through all this? This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA, MEGA Professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA Professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time full-time, weekend work, uh, local, a.k.a. sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. Listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA Professionals, 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 for MEGA Professionals. It's John DePietro, weekdays, folks. We start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. With us is our legal analyst, Rhode Island top attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, let's talk about something that certainly has the Republican Party in Rhode Island concerned, has a lot of people actually concerned, certainly not just the Republican Party, but that is Governor Amundo, who then they didn't release a lot of information. They were the way I was following it and some of her comments They were trying to say, oh, it's just going to be voluntary. But it has to do with this whole business of cell phone tracking where they want to use information. They're saying, oh, it's voluntary. It's absolutely voluntary. But basically, they would be able to track your movements under the guise of being able to track who you were in touch with when you may have been a carrier of the coronavirus. Uh, Tim, a lot of people very concerned how what an infringement on civil liberties. This yes, becomes. Big Brother is watching you, John. This is the, it's unbelievable. Right. Now, to give it a little context, um, Rhode Island has a specific statute on what is available for law enforcement to get from an individual who might be a suspect uh, in a crime, um, what can be obtained from an individual cell phone, which is very, very limited. Typically, you need a search warrant to get at the cell phone and to get specific information from it. The United States Supreme Court has also weighed in on the unique nature of a cell phone, which basically is tracking your life. It can track 
your heart rate. It can track the number of steps you take in a day. It can track where you drive, what route you've taken. It, the, it, there's so much information, what websites you've gone on, you know, who you've been calling. Um, an incredible amount of information is in that little device. And the Supreme, U.S. Supreme Court has ruled repeatedly that the protections afforded that um, are vast because the personal nature of it would be so easily um, misused if, if made available to law enforcement or in other civil contexts. So what the governor's doing, saying we want to track you if you've had this virus and we've told you you've got to stay quarantined, we're going to check your cell phone to make sure you're not skipping out to the Cumberland Farms or going down the store to buy a, a bottle of wine or a six-pack of beer. If we track your cell phone and we see that you're supposed to be quarantined and you're out and about, we're going to come after you. That's absolutely in contravention of an established Rhode Island statute, which limits the availability of the state to get access to or information from a person's cell phone. Now, the governor is going to say, well, this is a voluntary program. Um, I, anecdotally, um, someone I know um, was tested. They tested positive for the coronavirus. They're, they're home. They're quarantined. But there's follow-up by, I think it's the health department, and they want to know everything. You know, where have you been? Who would you see? What's your cell phone number? We want to track you. And this person, you know, being a good citizen, gave the cell phone information and said, sure, okay, not thinking about the civil liberties consequence of the voluntary cooperation. And I think most people would voluntarily cooperate, thinking that this is for the good of the cause. But um, it's, a, it's, it's an astonishing infringement on civil rights. It's an astonishing contravention of established Rhode Island law. And um, if that question was put to me, I wouldn't provide the information. I would say, you can't have it. I'm not telling you. What are you going to do to me? Yep. Hey, Tim, in our remaining moments, could you touch on uh, Qantas lawsuit regarding the airline where some of the people that work for Qantas are basically saying that the airline put them in, in danger by uh, having them work during this um, and because of the, this is, I think, one of several or many actually coronavirus type lawsuits that could come out of this whole story. Yes, the Qantas matter is not yet in suit, but I know that the Qantas employees, mostly, mostly the um, folks who are uh, not the people who work behind the desk in airports behind the counter, but the on the folks who work the crew in the airplane, the stewards and stewardesses, etc. Um, the theory is that the flights were continued, the mandatory routes, the, these airlines have mandatory routes. They can cut back some routes. They can cut down the number of services, but there's some routes that they're obligated to maintain. And if they're obligated to maintain a route, then they're obligated to staff the, the uh, aircraft with a crew. And the, the, the employees are su suggesting that Qantas knowingly exposed them to a known risk, didn't adequately protect them, didn't set up appropriate safeguards. And um, these folks were exposed. And I think there's a disproportionate number of Qantas employees who um, have developed the virus and are sick. Um, also, the restrictions on the movements of the crew were not properly um, Followed. So if you're working a Qantas flight, um, you get off the plane, um, you go to the local hotel, you were not quarantined, you were allowed to roam around and potentially infect people or get infected. The theory of the case is that Qantas knew or reasonably should have known of the danger they were subjecting their employees to, and that they did not take appropriate safeguards or safety measures to ensure that their flight crews um, did not develop this virus. That, it's the same thing we've talked about with cruise ships. Now it's airlines. Um, if you're in a confined space and the, per, the, the entity that's letting you on the ship or on the plane knows or should knows that there's a problem, um, 
that could expose them to litigation. That's much different. We've talked about, well, if you went to the Super Bowl, could you sue in that situation? Not so much, but cruise ships, um, airplanes where you're breathing recirculated air in a dirty plane and the crew has to work and they're forced to do it, there could certainly be a class action litigation. And I think that would have legs to it. Tim, finally, um, this story I think is interesting and it's not going to be the last one, but some students have filed lawsuits against Drexel University and University of Miami to try to recover some spring tuition room and board fees because the campus closed, classes moved online, and they're saying, hey, listen, this is, you're not giving me the educational experience I paid for. This happened, it happened with one of my children at college where suddenly they were all just sent home and there hasn't been any talk about, hey, by the way, we owe you this kind of money because you then took your class online or you didn't eat in the dining center, uh, you moved out of the dorm, um, and they still, you know, it's unknown what's going to happen in the fall. What, what, what can you tell us about this lawsuit with these students? Well, there's two components to these lawsuits. One is um, looking to be reimbursed for room and board, and the other is to be reimbursed for tuition. Now, the room and board issue, I think, has more merit to it. If you're a student and you've paid for a year's worth of your dormitory, let's say, and a year's worth of the meal plan, and then for whatever reason, you withdraw from school. You say, I don't like it here. I'm leaving. Well, you shouldn't get, maybe they offer some proration of a return on what you paid. Um, but that would be a voluntary move on the student's part if they said, I want to transfer. I don't like it here. I'm tired. I'm sick. I'm bored. Whatever the case might be. Here, all the students were thrown out, essentially, locked out, ordered to leave. And many colleges have said nothing about returning or prorating the um, dormitory and um, uh, meal plan expenses. And there should be some accommodation. And I think on that basis, these students will be successful. As far as the educational experience, the students argue, well, wait a minute, I'm paying you all this money to have in-class um, face-to-face um, teaching experience with a professor. And part of the college experience is to be with um, other students, to learn from them, to network with them, to um, you know, have a traditional uh, college campus experience versus watching a television show with a professor who could be anyone from anywhere. Um, it's a very impersonal um, situation. So should the student get all their tuition back? No, because the colleges are arguing, well, still providing the academic experience. You're still being taught by the same professors who would have been teaching you if you're sitting at a desk in a classroom, you're getting it sitting at your home, watching it on your um, laptop. So I think the colleges have a much better argument to say we're not giving back on the um, tuition but I think they have a problem in terms of keeping money for a service or a, a product that they did not convey, such as food in a meal plan, such as a place to live. Um, colleges are saying we can't afford to do that. We, we, we run our, our college or our university based upon uh, a presumed budget for money we get for room, board, and tuitions. But I think there's going to have to be some give back. Um, even insurance companies, a different situation. Many uh, insurance companies around the country are voluntarily offering a rebate on premiums or a forgiveness of certain premiums, especially in auto policies. Check with your carriers because there's so many people not driving. There's so few accidents. Right. There's so much of a lessened chance for an accident and liability exposure and because people can't pay their premiums because they're out of work, a lot of insurance companies are voluntarily saying, hey, we've got good news for you. We're going to give you a 20% rebate or cut out 20% of the, um, the premium going forward. I think colleges are going to have to follow that um, avenue and give something back. Maybe not all of it, but they've got to have to do something. They're not going to get away with keeping all the money. 
Folks, he is our legal analyst for Nylon Attorney, Tim Dodd. Uh, Tim, great job. We will talk to you again. Stay safe. and uh, Thank you, too, to John. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Akaiberry Antioxidant. Folks, nothing more important than making sure your body has all the nutrients that it needs to stay nice and healthy. You need Akaiberry. Let me spell it for you. A-C-A-I-B-E-R. R-R-I, Akai Berry. Now, all you do is you buy the bottle. It's delicious. And what is it filled with? Antioxidants, virus-fighting, incredible antivirus, antioxidant properties, tremendous power for your body. Now, you can find them. Check out their website, Akai Berry, A-C-A-I-B-E-R-R-I.com. It is incredible. You're talking about fruit juices that add so much value. It's an antioxidant, which means it gives your body the healthy ingredients that it needs to stay healthy and remain healthy. Now, it's available at Dave's in East Greenwich. You can also get it at Venda Ravioli. Also, it's sold at It's My Health in Cumberland. Find them online, akaiberry.com, or also the main offices, 50 King Street in Johnston. Now, I've been drinking it every day. It is incredible. It gives you energy and, more important, this is an antioxidant, a kyberry that fights off viruses. A kyberry, you can call them at 401-497-0740. Look for it at the places I mentioned and also online, acaiberry.com, a kyberry. It's John DePietro, and there's nothing more important than cleaning your home, your business, a school, any type of building. You need Soul Source Restoration, a Rhode Island-based company, and it's Soul, S-O-L-E, like the sole of your shoe, Soul Source Restoration. Call them today at 401-712-2700, 401-712-2700. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. You know, Soul Source Restoration, folks, they are one of the few companies in the entire country have the type of equipment experience that you need. As far as residential, is there anything more important than making sure your home is absolutely clean from viruses for your family, for your friends, for yourself? Soul Source Restoration, same for your business. They have the expertise, the type of equipment that you need to get through this crisis. We spoke with Mike Seepy of Soul Source Restoration, and I asked him about just that very thing, the microthermal fogging and electrostatic spraying equipment that makes Soul Source Restoration different than every other company. We're a full-service restoration company, as you know, John. We've been in it about 15 years now, and with this coronavirus that has changed our world for the time being, we found a unique way to provide a true 99.9% disinfectant service. Mike, Soul Source Restoration, and again, folks, it's S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration. What is? What would you say, what is the goal? What is the goal of the company? Our main goal is to utilize our services to keep essential and non-essential businesses safe, protecting both employees and customers. And with sole source restoration, what is the difference equipment that you use that probably is different than any other company, certainly in Rhode Island right now, but the way I understand it, I've heard you're one of only six companies in the entire country that have the type of equipment that you have. We utilize CDC-approved hospital-grade disinfectant enhanced with sporicide and viricide that we atomize by means of microthermal foggers. These microthermal foggers break down the disinfectant to 3 to 5 micron, which is basically a fancy word for micromillimeter. This allows the disinfectant to saturate air particles and cover all surface material, giving you a true 99.9% kill of all pathogens. You know, Mike, right now someone is listening saying, John DiPietro, this does sound fine. Mike CP. Soul Service Restoration, it sounds fine, but I already have a janitorial or cleaning company, and, and they tell me that, that they think they can get rid of the coronavirus. These old methods leave a lot of room for human error, utilizing older equipment that doesn't break down the disinfectant in a way that's going to kill the coronavirus. Mike, with Soul Source Restoration, now you have the country is in pandemic, everyone is freaked, we are seeing death about the coronavirus. What right now is the biggest challenge for a company like yours that has the capability for a coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service? 
Our biggest challenge, John, is educating the public that what we're doing is very different from janitorial and normal restoration companies whose conventional methods of cleaning mainly comprise of mops, buckets, spray bottles, and kettle pot foggers. Don't take any chances. Call Soul Source Restoration today. Coronavirus Cleaning and Disinfection Service for Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Call them at 401-712-2700. 401-712-2700. They have the equipment that you need. They will fully clean your home, your property, your office, your school, whether it's any type of business. You heard CDC approved environmentally and pet friendly they have the protective equipment they have the type of equipment that you need don't take any chances a rhode island based company and they're in a league of their own with the type of resources they have to fully disinfect your property from the coronavirus sole source restoration call them today home or business 401 712 2700 401 712 2700 it's sole source restoration coronavirus cleaning and disinfection service for rhode island massachusetts and connecticut again look for them online soulsourcerestoration.com this portion of the john DePietro show is brought to you by ron's pastry gourmet stop in and see them 170 royal little drive in providence right off of civil spring street look for them on facebook ron's pastry gourmet they're right next door to AAA in Providence. And folks, they have outdone themselves introducing the chocolate-covered Trump donuts. Wait to see them. They are delicious. Their pictures on Facebook page of the Trump chocolate-covered donuts. President Trump chocolate-covered donuts only in Rhode Island and only at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop in. Listen, of course you're locked in the house, but that doesn't mean you can't get out and get some nice delicious food like sausage and peppers or eggplant. They have the best calzones, meatball calzones, buffalo chicken calzones. They have pepperoni and cheese, Philly cheesesteak calzone, the chicken parm calzones, plain and deluxe spinach pies, old-fashioned pizza strips, cannolis, brownies, cakes, and again, the Trump chocolate-covered donuts. They're waiting for you at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop it and see them. Look for them on Facebook, and they're easy to get to. They're right off of Silver Spring Street, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, not far from Branch Avenue. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Look for them on Facebook. Stop in today for some nice, fresh calzones or pastry Everything baked fresh. Ron and Melissa, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. Non-stop coverage. Pandemic. Worldwide. The coronavirus. Hits Rhode Island. Massachusetts. Connecticut. Go to the website, depetro.com. D-E-P-E-T-R-O dot com. You can listen live at the website. If you ever miss any coverage at the website at the top, click on radio show. You can listen. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's John DePietro Show. And as always, you can email me, John at DePietro.com. Much more ahead pandemic coverage on the John DePietro Show.